Hey everybody, you are listening to a bonus episode of Is It That Deep Though? Cynthia is out. We're going to um, be on pause, a mini hiatus, if you will, for the next month as Cynthia focuses on defending her dissertation, hashtag grad school teens, and so I thought I would come into the studio just to record a bonus episode discussing Married at First Sight, Boston. So this show has been on my radar only for the past couple of weeks, and I have developed such strong opinions of it that I thought I would just hop in and just give an overall discussion of how I'm feeling as well as just giving my take on each couple that's remaining. So I will say, I I think I said this before, but I watched Married at First Sight, the first three seasons. And the first season was so lovely, so beautiful. And oh my gosh, these people really don't know each other and they're getting to know each other. And most of them, I think, fell in love. Jamie and Doug, to this day, are still married. Um, and it was beautiful watching that. And I was like, wow, this show's amazing. This shit could kind of work. And then by season two, I was like, maybe it doesn't work so well i don't know um there was there was some abuse that was happening on that season i don't know that any of the couples stayed together by season three i was like why are they doing this i don't know why they're doing this let me watch and by the end of it i was like the show is awful so coming into season 14 and literally seeing how this show has escalated to the point where i'm positive that they are matching these people up with like 70 to 80% of like everything they asked for or whatever they asked for. And then like 10 to 20% of what whatever they said their worst nightmares were. So let's go ahead um, and get into the couples. So I'm gonna start with Steve and Noy. Um, Steve and Noy, they're the most boring couple. That's why I'm going with them first. You know, Noy is pretty cute. Steve is okay. Um, it seems like they have the most chemistry. They feel very comfortable with each other. He's very serious about being married. She definitely is serious about being married. And so it seems like he has everything that she liked, which I thought it was weird. She said she wanted somebody adventurous. And then on their honeymoon, she didn't want to do anything. She didn't want to do shit. She didn't want to go swimming. She didn't want to float on the water. Like she didn't want to do anything he liked. And that's where I had a glimmer of, ooh, he might not fall for her because of this. Because if he's saying, I love more than anything to go camping, and she is saying, I would literally never go with you, that's a red flag to me. And from what I see, most men, like shit like that will keep them from committing to you for ser- seriously. Like they, that will weigh on their minds that this cannot be the right fit for them. So I was surprised that they seemed to get over that. So it seems to me like the biggest issue, I mean, it's just obvious. The biggest issue that they have is that Steve, he, dude, when I saw that he had actually lost his job before getting on the show and was unemployed, I was like, why the hell did they pick this guy? Like, I would be so fucking pissed if I showed up on Married at First Sight and I see this dude across from me at the aisle, at the end of the aisle, and I'm like, wow, he's so cute. He's so funny. This is great. And then he's got to tell me, oh, yeah, well, I was laid off about uh, six months ago and I just have been traveling. Like, I get it. Road tripping, traveling. That's fun, that's cool. Do you know how long four months of road tripping and traveling is? Like that is, that is so long. That's so much time to not work, to not settle down. 
I mean, we saw he has an apartment, so maybe he did come back at some point. I don't know. But I think what they're not connecting on, you know, there's a lot of work people on social media are just kind of speculating that, oh, he must be rich. He probably has a bunch of money saved up. You don't know, Steve. You don't know what how much bread he got. Like, he's probably good. That's why he's not he's not worried about it because he's good. His word choice and that's that's what's concerning me is that he keeps saying, well, are you worried about paying your bills? Because I'm not worried about paying my bills. I'm straight. I'm good. I'm not worried about paying my bills. Like that to me is very singular, independent language. If we're talking about being married and Noy is saying, bro, I want to have kids pretty soon. I have to have three kids. Most people who have three kids want a house. So she's talking about buying a house, getting a mortgage, having three kids. She doesn't want to have to work while she's, you know, raising the kids right after, you know, giving birth. And he's still talking about, well, I can afford my bills. No, bitch, we are talking about a family. We're talking about raising a family. So why is, there's no discussion that he seems to be having about how him freelancing, graphic designing and doing photography is enough to raise or contribute fairly to a family of five. Um, And then in the last episode, when he had the nerve to say, don't you like that I cook for you and that the house is clean? If I get a job, that all goes away. I looked at this dude like, oh, so he really, he has no, he does not want to work. Because even somebody who's freelancing, who's making a really good income from freelancing, they're busy as fuck. They're busy. They're chasing paper. They're out here chasing contracts. Like he's, he should be busy. Like if he's saying, I want to stay doing my own, like self-employed business, that means he isn't really going to have that much time. So I feel like what we're not seeing is that he is literally doing not much of anything and she is noticing that and is concerned about that. So I would say next time you watch them on screen, <laughs> if you don't fast forward past their segments, like I sometimes do, um, I would just, I'm, I'm eager to hear him talk about how he can raise a family or contribute to a family or a mortgage, car notes, 401ks and such with what he is currently doing now. Okay, so the next couple that I want to talk to or talk about is Jasmina and Michael. Bro, get out. Get out, Michael. The call is coming from inside the house, Michael. Like, (laughs) I was so disappointed in how they have gone because I thought Jasmina was gorgeous. You know, they both have such tragic pasts of being abandoned, left, family passing away, et cetera, et cetera. But this woman has no like soul like I don't I don't know what it is like she has no real empathy or softness or like the way that she she disappoints me so much I really get irritated when I hear people like cut each other off and then point fingers at each other and I feel like that's all she does to him is point fingers at him and cut him off and gaslight him I I felt bad because when she said that he had yelled at her and was like you owe me an apology because you cut me off I was looking at him crazy because they showed us the clip. He had not, she did not cut him off. And I don't believe that cutting somebody off is a reason to demand an apology from that person. Like, I feel like that's, if she keeps doing it, then you could be like, hey, you know, I noticed you cut me off a lot. Like, can I just get my thought out? But the fact that he came up to her later on some, you need to apologize because you cut me off in front of everybody. That sounded aggressive and scary to me, honestly. Like that sounded like some don't embarrass me in front of people like shit. That's that 
sounds scary to me. And so they never really seemed to get over that. But when we saw later on, that he said, hey, how do I talk to you? Like, you know, how can I talk to you when we have conflict? She's like, just talk to me. What are you talking about? He's like, okay, but like, how? And she's like, just have a conversation. You don't know how to have a conversation. Like, I was like, what is her problem? Like, she's crazy. There's something off there. There's something off there. And, you know, I, I don't know if she, it seems at times like she does like him, but I'm just like, do you talk to people you like? like this like do you talk to people like this this is wild like i felt so bad for him just the fact that he was literally sitting there and she was like calm down you need to calm down i don't like your tone and he's like what tone and she's like well you're annoyed he's like i can't feel my feelings like i can't be annoyed and she's like well you just need to walk away like it, the way that she was like dictating how he should behave i was like where did they find this woman see this is the, the shit i mean by like <laughs> them setting these people up with like their worst nightmares because michael's whole thing has always been you know he's just so scared of losing someone that he will just leave he'll find a reason that the girl's not good and he'll just cut himself off stop trying and stop talking to the girl for this situation he seems to be actively engaging her and trying and he even opened up about his brother's passing and like how he's lost so many people i don't know how you hear somebody say that like four people in their immediate family. I think three or four of his immediate family members have passed away before he was even like 25. And you don't immediately feel such compassion for that person. I would honestly just be list like he I would really be trying to bring him out of his shell because he's opening up like he's being vulnerable. We have not seen her be vulnerable to him once. We've seen her judge him. We've seen her tell him what to do, how he needs to talk. We've seen her catch an attitude. I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing with them. It just makes me so uncomfortable. Cause, and I really wish that um, the sex therapist or whatever, she was quick to put like Olajuwon in check, but she didn't put Jasmina in check. And I was kind of like, why didn't you put her in check? She needed to be, anyways, child. That's just my take on them. Okay, so Lindsay and Mark. Um, I don't know much. I don't have much to say about them. I really don't. I think that they don't belong together. They obviously should not be together. And I think that Mark is just a really good team player and he's going to stick with this experiment till the end. And then he's going to walk his ass out <laughs> and be like, yeah, this is, this is, a, it's a no for me, dog, because they should in no way be together. Lindsay is insane. She's just horrible. Like how she can talk to him the way she does. And the fact that she even, I feel like she's done it twice, but for sure at the bowling alley, when she put him on, no, so she's put him on blast twice. The first time that she put him on blast was when he just said, hey, can we just like chill, like slow down, you know, maybe not be so, I mean, he was a little fucked up for that, for telling her like, hold back the affection, like chill out with that. She went ahead and said, well, then you need to stop pooping with the door open. You need to stop farting in bed. You need to start closing your mouth when you chew because it's gross and disgusting. I was like, oh she let the chopper sing like she it felt like i was witnessing it felt like i was witnessing multiple drive-bys like i felt horrified for him because you could just see his jaw drop and go like wow like anybody else would have been like i'm done with her i literally don't want to be with this person but but he's such a i feel like he's such a softy that he's like just willing to try keep trying even though he knows deep down he is he keeps saying it to us off camera or away from Lindsay. He keeps saying, this is not my type of bitch. <laughs> like she is not 
for me, I don't like people who act like this. I don't people who drink to this extent. I don't like people who just can't get along with others. He is very clear on the fact that she is not the woman for him, even though he does appreciate that she's helpful and you know, all that shit. But he's just not saying it to her. Instead to her, he says, you're not doing anything wrong. Uh, you're being, you're fine. Like there's nothing you could do to upset me or whatever he says. And I'm like, why are you telling her that? Lay down the law. You need to, he needs to take some of, I feel like Olajuwon, I'll get to them. But if Olajuwon's on like 20, then he needs to give away like six to eight of his intensity points to Mark um, and to Michael maybe. Like stand up for yourself <laughs> and say what it is. Tell this woman, you are too intense. And until I see that you can like quit being such a child, we are not going to progress. Like you need to chill. I want a woman who is chill and in control of herself. He's not saying any of that. He's just, he's weird. He doesn't know how to like say what the problem is. So he just says, oh, let's just chill. And then he plays her hot and cold. And she's like, dude, like, you are being really weird. I don't know who you are. Because he knows deep down he's struggling with the inner turmoil of knowing like this is not the woman for him. Okay, last but not least, Katina and Olajuwon. So, whew, they are taking the cake this season. I don't know. This They are again a prime example of them giving people like 10 to 20% of their worst nightmare. Cause both of them have characteristics that the other one is triggered by or deeply upset by. Tell me why Katina has told us that she has dated men who have actually held her as the side chick, meaning she was also being cheated on. And they match her with a dude who proudly tells you that he lied to women and told them his name was Isaac and he proudly used to keep women on a rotation and he's always cheated. Like, why would they put them together? That off top made me go like, why would they put him with her when she said that she's been cheated on a lot? It's weird. Um, on top of that, she said she had an ex who broke her down so much. And if she cried, he got even more upset or something or called her weak. So she taught herself not to cry. And they pair her with this dude who has done nothing but tear her down. <laughs> like the way he talks to her is very intense and abrasive. Ugh. I, and it what bothers me is that she sits there and takes it. Like, it's not like he's cursing at her. He's not threatening her. He's just being very abrasive. And she is not standing up for herself or walking away or being like, bro, chill. Like it, it hurts because it does feel like you're watching somebody get pummeled. Like you're watching somebody get beat up. You're watching somebody get bullied because nobody is stepping in to stop him. And she seems to be unable to defend herself. That is awful for us to have to watch each week. They're not a good match. Okay, I'll say that. They're just not a good match. I think they would have been cute in high school. They would have been cute in college. They would have been cute before the real world set in, is what I'm trying to say. In the real world, she is just not what he is looking for. And I completely respect that. I'm going to speak on Olajuwon's side because not on his side, but from his point of view, because I don't know what Katina's point of view is. She has never told us what she wants in a partner. She hasn't told us what she thinks a husband is or should do. She has never told us that she's upset with Olajuwon about anything outside of the fact that he talks to her horribly. So I'm led to believe that she thinks he's a great man and a great husband and that he has all the qualities that she wants because she has never said anything that 
Like she's never told us about a standard she has that she needs to be met other than that she just wants to be talked to with respect. So on Olajuwon's side, from his point of view, he has stated, you know, he wasn't truthful with the therapists and the whoever they are, the people who match them. He didn't say, honestly, if I am not matched with a woman who can't like cook or doesn't like to cook and isn't clean, who's not willing to be domestic and make a home, I, that's a deal breaker for me. He should have said that, but you know how this show is, like a bunch of people, it's, it's a struggle. It's like a combination of them wanting to be on TV plus also really wanting to be married. Like I believe that he actually wants to be married and that they could potentially stay married if she was doing or making efforts to what he's been asking. I don't think he just wants to be on TV, but I think that's part of it. Because why else would you lie? You, these people lie about what's important to them, what's the deal breaker, because they don't want to be too picky. They want to be matchable. So I feel him on when he's like saying, he said to her, he's at least compromised. Like he's come down from my wife needs to cook every single day and she needs to do this. And he's calmed down and we've seen him cook. We've seen him step in. He can clean and he will clean, right? We've seen that, but she is not matching that energy is what we are being shown is that she, he has very much told her like, you work from home. I have to work the late shift. I work long hours. You know, it's important to him that when he comes home, there's food in the fridge, there's leftovers, or there's like a meal for him that's been prepared, that the house is clean and not a mess. And to him, because she works from home, it's like, how hard is it for you to do any of those things? And I don't disagree with him because I don't think her job, which is some sort of HR job, is so taxing and busy and time consuming that she literally cannot get up from her desk at all during her shift. I mean, I, it's hard. It's tough because she we haven't heard from her. We haven't heard her say, bitch, I do clean or bitch, I literally have been cooking twice a week since we moved into this apartment. What are you talking about? We've seen that she made him dinner once, but like she has even, it seems, I feel like she's admitted that she's not pulling, she's not making much of an effort. She says, I could cook more, I could do X, Y, Z. She knows that she's not doing it. And what was the kicker for me was when he said, you know, I'm, I really like you, but love is not really on the table right now because you're just not, displaying the qualities that I value. The issue is that he keeps saying being woman enough. You're not woman enough. This is what a wife is. If he had changed his language to say, this is what I value in a partner, and this is what I need out of a partner, I don't think anybody would be able to hate on that. The issue comes when you start talking about being traditional and my wife needs to do this and she's not woman enough for me. Like things like that. That's where it's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like. Not every woman likes to cook and clean or is good at it or whatever. It's not everybody's ministry. But when he's talking about a partner, I feel like, fuck yeah, you should be entitled to what you feel like you deserve. I mean, honestly, wanting a woman who just likes to cook or is cool with cooking, that is not hard to find. A lot of women do that. A lot of men do that. I mean, look at fucking Steve. <laughs> he's over there talking about, I, I do the cookings and the cleanings. <laughs> like. <laughs> He was over here like, I'm wifey. <laughs> so like, it's it's not even a gender thing. There are people out there who value cleaning and ha having a clean environment, like who naturally clean up after themselves after a party. There are people who 
naturally like to cook and cooking is their way of expressing love. I made dinner for you because I know this is your favorite. Like that's normal. Even when he was like complaining about her when they had their housewarming party, and he was like, you didn't even really do anything. She's like, well, I called my friends and I am the one who instructed them to pick everything up. It's again, just showing me he really values a domestic woman. A woman who, when they're hosting a housewarming or just a partner who, if they're having fucking friends over, they wanna like maybe just cook something up, like do a little something, something like, let me go out and pick up some hors d'oeuvres. Let me go whip up this shit real quick for them. like. He just wants somebody who's a little bit more homey. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Cause honestly, Katina just gives me, and she already told us she's re recently retired party girl. She gives me that. Like, I feel like we all know, it's easy to hate Olajuwon, but we all know, we've all been friends with or currently are friends with that party girl or the recently retired party girl. Like she's super pretty takes great Instagram photos. Like she's hot on the internet. She's cute in real life. But like when you go to her house, she only has like vodka and peanut butter in her fridge. <laughs> like she don't cook. She has her clothes and shit everywhere because she doesn't really pick up after herself. Like it's not a horrible, it doesn't mean she's a horrible person, but like we all kind of know somebody like that who's just really pretty and at, it's just not domestic. Being a housewife, a homemaker, even just, it's not even about being a housewife. It's about creating a home environment. To some people, that is a huge value to them to be able to come to a warm home and have food on the stove or at least leftovers in the fridge and know that, oh, if the toilet paper ran out on the roll, your partner can replace it. And that they know, like, I mean, I feel like what Olajuwon has showed us is that he has done this for himself, but when you're married, you want a partner who can pick up some of the slack. So like, if I'm married, I shouldn't have to go grocery shopping all the time and I shouldn't have to cook all of my own meals all the time. And I shouldn't have to be responsible for keeping a domestic environment by myself, you're my partner. Like we should be doing shit together. You should be able to pick up the slack. Like I get the groceries this time. You can pick up the stuff we're missing next week. I cook dinner tonight, you do this. You know, it should be a trade-off. And I feel like what he's saying is that there's not much of a trade-off happening. And it's really just because they don't have the same values. Katina does not give a fuck about cleaning up, about cooking, about having a warm home environment. She's really just recently retired. She a recently retired party girl like she wants to fucking she selects to drink she wants to still go out she wants to order food and that's the funny thing is you know they talk about ordering food like it's no big deal a lot of people don't like to order food or go out to eat that much i know plenty of people who are very much like i'm just gonna cook at home that is a waste of money not everybody has 30 to 60 dollars to spend each day that they just don't want to cook for themselves like that shit stacks up and so I understand having the mindset of if I'm married and I'm looking to have kids and settle down and all that shit, we need to be more fiscally responsible. Like I can understand being a man who's like, I own my home, I've paid off my student loans. What do you bring? I don't want to say bring to the table, but like what in this environment and in this, in this situation that we're in, where we're potentially going to be married past this show, what is this going to look like? If you don't cook, if you don't like to clean, if you don't know how to go grocery shopping, she has weirdly, and I, the last thing I'll say is, it's hard to advocate for her because she hasn't said like, 
well, that's just not how I am. And you're just gonna have to deal with it. And I really wish that she would. <laughs> I wish she would just say, back off. Like, I'm not going to do those things. Like, either she needs to straight up say, look, I do not want to cook. I'm gonna clean as best as I can, but like, what you see is what you get. This is just how I am. And then they can decide, yeah, okay, this isn't a fit, let's separate. Or as she's telling him, I'm going to try, I'm gonna try to do this. Um, I'm gonna try to learn how to make this thing you like. I'm gonna try to be better for you. If she really is gonna say that, she needs to back it up. Like we need to actually see her doing that. She, I wish she came up with examples of, bitch, I have been cooking. I actually did clean up after myself today. Like, dude, I am doing stuff. It's just not good enough for you. Cause I feel like that's what we're not understanding as an audience. Is it that she's literally not doing anything and she's not changing or compromising at all? Like she said she would, or is it that she is, but it's just not good enough for him? Like I don't, because we don't hear her point of view on this, it's hard. And it kind of makes her seem like a pick me because she's older than me, dude, she's 30. So like how at 30, are you not confident enough in who you are to be like, this is me, take it or leave it. it there's nothing wrong with compromising for your partner. If you get in a relationship and your partner is like a huge, uh, they really like to run and stuff. So you go, I'm gonna take up running so that I can run with my partner. I wanna run the marathon with them. That is a compromise, that's totally fine. If your partner is like, I really like when you wear dresses, sundresses, and you decide, okay, I'm gonna start buying some things or whatever so that he finds me attractive or that he, stuff that I know that he said he likes. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. That's again, compromising. If he in turn does stuff that you say, I just feel like it should be equal. Like if he is telling you things that he wants or likes, then you better have your list prepared of shit that you want. <laughs> like if he's saying, I want a domestic wife and I want you to clean and I want this and I want that, I, I would really like to see her come up with the list of stuff that she's like, cool. And so as I'm working on these things, you can work on X, Y, Z, because that's what I want to see from you. But she's a pick me because she's telling him she's going to work on all this shit that she really doesn't want to do while not requesting anything of him in return. It very much feels like in their relationship, they've set it up so that he is the prize and she is just trying to earn him. And it's, it's ugly. It's ugly to watch and it's just dumb. Like, I just, I feel like she needs to stand up for herself and I don't really see them panning out. I don't know if it'll be her or if it'll be him or if it'll be mutual, but I don't see them making it to decision day. Speaking of decision day, I will just say that I honestly don't think any of these couples will make it. I think they're all gonna divorce. The only couple that I could see making it, obviously is Steve and Noy, because as she is saying, dude, you don't have a traditional job. How are we gonna raise a family? And he's like, I can work for myself. They could easily take the fact that millions of people watch this show and do what a lot of other reality people and other couples do. They could stay married and then make a YouTube channel, get pregnant, put their baby on YouTube, put their baby on TikTok. Like there are so many fucking couple and family and baby TikToks and YouTube channels. They could honestly make a killing doing that. So I could really see that they are just maybe milking this narrative for the show that the producers maybe keep bringing it up. And that after, or at the end on decision day, they'll stay together, pop out with that YouTube channel, start getting a bunch of followers, getting a bunch of sponsorships, and then easily bring in like six figures easy. 
each month just from sponsorships and YouTube views and things like that. And then, I mean, that solves the problem, right? She's so concerned about money and, oh, will we be able to raise a family? You can raise a family off of sponsorships and YouTube views, please believe. So I think they could possibly be fine. I feel like they're gonna be fine because he already said, I love you. And that's really just the key. Like if you can get a man to say, I love you and he's not a cheater, like he is just gen genuinely like loves you and feels comfortable saying it, it could work. And Steve is 40. So I think he's he seriously is ready to settle down. I think they would work. Everybody else I'm pretty sure should just divorce and go make it. Jasmina and Michael, they got like four weeks left or something. It's too late. It's too late. They should have been kissing and making out by now. They should have been rolling around in the sheets. They've literally just been trying to figure out how to talk to each other. It's not working. Um, they're not going to work. Lindsay and Mark aren't going to work. Katina and Olajuwon, I feel like they would work. Because, I mean, I don't think they would work, but I feel like if they did pick each other on decision day, it's because she is such a pick me that maybe by the end of the show, she will have been cooking and cleaning and he'll be like, yeah, that's all I wanted. That's good enough. <laughs> and then the problems will just continue to fester behind the scenes when we're no longer um, watching them. But I really want better for her, but you can't get better for yourself. It's like, what did RuPaul say? If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Like, I feel like she just does not have enough self-love and self-respect because the way that she is allowing him to talk to her in the way that he can put these expectations on her and she's not either, bitch, it's one or the other. Either it's like, cool, you need me to do this, I can do it, we good. Or it's, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not comfortable doing that. Like, just straight up say what it is. So those are my thoughts on Married at First Sight. And uh, I guess maybe I'll be coming in and periodically be giving my, I guess I'll be coming in and giving my takes on this season. And then as soon as we can, Cynthia will rejoin and we will be talking about it together. I also want to do more discussions on Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, because that last episode was so good. Um, and I've been watching the old show again, so I almost want to like re-review all of it. Feel free to email us at is it that deep though at gmail.com. So that's is it that deep T-H-O-U-G-H at gmail.com. For any takes on Married at First Sight, if you agree, if you disagree, I will read your comments because I would love to have somebody to talk to about this. The show is like irking my soul. So I will see you in the next episode that I record. Have a good week. Bye.